There's another podcast you should be listening to, TED Health, a podcast from the TED Audio Collective. Join host Dr. Shoshana Ungerleiter as she introduces you to leading health experts and breaks down the health questions you didn't know you had. Learn more about the way your body works and the newest insights changing the medical world, like what a smart bra means for better heart health, three ways to prepare for the next pandemic, and how we can all live healthier lives. Find TED Health wherever you listen to podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Satan, you bow your knee. Satan, you bow your knee. You fall on your face. You fall on your face. COVID-19. Listen, guys, I was in the shower and I started doing this thing because my skin was like getting really dry. And so I remember like a couple of years ago, Bridie, my wife, who is uh, kind of like a skin expert. Um, she In what way? She, uh, dude, she's like, she, she I mean, she, she could, she should have been a. Like she's got skin. I was going to say, no, no, we no, didn't no. validate every dermatologist ever. No, but I don't mean that kind of that kind of uh, uh, skin expert. I mean more of like a Laura. What do you what do you call? Type? Shut the fuck up, Brian. Laura, Laura, what do you call what do you call those people that give you facials and like and like pull out your blackheads and shit? An uh, uh, esthetician. An esthetician. Yeah, that kind of skin expert. So, so she she should have been an esthetician, and she's like very mindful about her skincare products and whatever. And so I have like shit skin and my skin's been dry and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to use, I'm going to use an exfoliant. I'm going to use coffee grinds to exfoliate my skin. Oh, I've heard that's really good. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, ma- I'm making coffee every day and it's like, I'm just yeah. chucking out the grind. So I have this like exfoliant that I can use. So I take it into the shower and I'm using it and it's, it's actually, it seems to be working really well. So I've been doing this for like a week, like a week Maybe on two what weeks? part of your body? On your on your face? Just on just your, my face. On your balls? Just my face and just just the outside of my anus. So, because right. <laughs> I'm also the trying way. to I'm also trying to reverse bleach my anus. I want my right. anus to be <laughs> even to darker be, to be, than it already to be is. As dark as the coffee grinds. That's right. So 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 I'm I'm rubbing this shit into my face <laughs> before I do my anus. Right. So you never do. I never yeah, do anus right. to face. I always go sure. a, face to anus. Yeah. 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 Anal, and then anus last, anal last. And yesterday I did it, or no, not yesterday. Two days ago I was doing it, and I get a fucking coffee grind in my eyeball. And I was Ouch. like, oh, I was like, oh shit. So you know, I just had my like eye closed, and I kind of like you know did the thing where I'm like rolling my eye back and forth in my head, and then I can feel that it like it, it feels like it's gone, and I'm like, okay, cool. Finish the shower, get out of the shower, go brush my teeth, looking in the mirror. And I can see, you know, like where your tears come out, like those little, like in the, like where the crusties build up when you wake up. Mm. 
Your tear mm-hmm. ducts. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that your tear duct like on the side there? I think so. Or, like in know. towards your nose. Like in the corner where it of gathers. your eyes. That's where it gathers. Yeah. So like sleepy dust gathering. Uh, uh, the 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 uh, the yeah. sleepy dust. Um, uh, corner of your eye. Pretty sure. To your nose. Pretty sure tear duct. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Maybe. so so that that part of your eye. Um, uh, the muster point for the sleepy dust is where I'm looking, and I see this big, like this big black little like nugget in there, and I go, "Oh, that's where that fucking thing went." So I just grab it and I kind of like whoop, scoop it out. Mm-hmm. Well, the next day I'm sitting here at the desk and I'm doing work, and I can I can barely keep my fucking right eye open, and that's the eye that the thing was in. And I was like, "God, this fuck it, this hurts," and I'm like blinking and winking and I'm like kind of like I'm pulling my eyelid over my bottom eyelid I'm trying to like get rid of this pain so I google it and it's like I I I'm like I scratch my eye like what what if I scratch my eye and everything's like oh scratched eye could be really bad or it could just like heal on its own but maybe there's something in there so you should flush it out so I was like okay cool I go to the kitchen I get a fucking glass of water tap water and then I go to the bathroom and I pour the tap water into my eyeball and just oh. like I'm just did like you boil it first. I'm flooding my eyeball with did tap water. You, did you did you boil it and like let it cool down? First? I did not. I just did nice, straight, drinkable tap fresh, water. Super <laughs> fresh tap water into your eyeball. I love tap water. It's yeah. I think it's I it's, think it's okay because you've got shit in your stomach that mm-hmm, will like fuck mm-hmm. up any bacteria that's in it. But I don't know if your eyeballs have that same sort of sanitization well, system. Taylor, you're on the right path here because I. I, in my, in my quarantine boredom, I've uh, just been putting my personal life online, and I, t- I took an Instagram story of doing all of this, and I put it out there to the world, and I must follow, like, or there must be, like, like the... Medical professionals that follow you? Dude, the, <laughs> it, the, every eye doctor in Canada must just, like, must have gotten some sort of memo to follow me on Instagram, because I got, hey like... Hey, man, it's because we're bring, it's because we're, it's because we're bringing such valuable medical information to the community out there. Well, I got mm-hmm. I got seven messages from separate eye doctors who follow me that were like, "Whoa, mm-hmm. whoa, whoa, dude. Don't n- don't do that." <laughs> and and I was like, "Why?" And they were like, "You can, th- you're just asking for a fungal, no, sorry, a viral or a bacterial infection in your eyeball." And dude, I was like, oh, "I that- didn't I'm not a doctor. I knew that as soon as you said that to me." I'm confused now, guys. So you're not supposed to do that. I'm confused though because you know those emergency eye wash stations. Yes, yeah, it's probably not. What are they water. hooked up to? Probably filtered water. No, you think they're dude, hooked up to? I've worked in so many warehouses coming up. That's just tapped into the fucking wall, man. Exactly. But also, yeah, but, but also, yeah, yeah. But if it's filtered, then it might be a different story. I, I don't think it is but filtered. If, but if it's meant to wash chemicals out, I think tap water is the less of two evils. That's right. You've sure. Got like a chemical sure. in your eye. Sure. That's right. I totally agree. But like, if you but get, like maybe there's sense. an opportunity for an invention here. If, I'm if just you saying. if you drop chlorine like a, a dust like chlorine chlorine dust in your eyes and you're mm-hmm. working at Canadian Tire, you fucking run to that eye wash station. You're gonna who fucking cares yeah. where that water's coming from? Mm-hmm. You know like, that's what hey, Dennis had in his eye was chlorine dust. Guys, I was I was curious like what is the tear duct and like what what is that little pink um, thing Nubby, in the corner the of your eye nipple? Called? I call it the eye nipple. Yeah, it, well the teeth. You could call the it that, of or the you eye? could call it. You could either call it that or you could call teat it the, the eye. lacrimal <laughs> caruncle. 
Yes. That's what you could call it, or you can call it or a call the T of the, the, the I. <laughs> and um, and your tear duct is actually just to the side of that. Um, but it actually, your tear duct actually goes like down into your face, like down towards Cross your, your nose, teats and dot like. your eyes, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so, so coming back to the, the fucking messages I got, there was other people that messaged me and said, hey, dude, don't do that. I got a bacterial infection in my eye. And I was like, really? And this one woman messaged me and said, yeah, I almost lost my eyeball. So I was like, what the fuck? This is crazy. So I looked up, um, one of the doctors specifically was like, you could get pseudomonas of the eye, which is really interesting because I have pseudomonas That's crazy. in my lungs. Um, due to What's cystic- the other one called? Cepatia? Cepatia, yeah. Cepatia. And so, so I looked up pseudomonas of the eyes. Are you guys ready for this? Uh, if you're at yeah. home, if you're at home, Google pseudomonas, that's P-S-E-U-D-O-M-O-N-A-S of the eye. This is fucking crazy. So this... It looks like a toxic waste pool. Yeah, you know what it looks like? Check this out. This, what I'm about to show you, is not Pseudomonas of the Eye. What I'm about to show you is a still from the movie 28 Days Later. (laughs) Mm -hmm. An iconic zombie movie. Pseudomonas of the Eye looks way worse than 28 Days Later. It does look worse (laughs) than this woman who is also about to eat someone's face. Uh, Dude, it's, it's like toxic green. And I can't, I can't tell if, like, I can't tell if this is like, some sort of weird, yeah. What's light with the goop that they're putting is on it? Is it a filter? Yeah. Is it like are know. they boosting the saturation on Lightroom? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Well, here? I don't know because like every photo, which is obviously not all photos of the same person, look the same. <laughs> it's, oh. it's neon green. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> that like, is crazy. Wait, wait, Jared. So, Jared, oh. you have this now. Jared, can no. you click on that link at the top there, the Metro one? Because I love metro.co.uk articles. Dude, I actually, Why yeah. you should never sleep with dot dot dot. Now I want to know the answer. It's with to your that. contacts it's, in. So this so the person oh. that the person that messaged oh. me who got pseudomonas oh. of the eye, she told me that she c- cut her eye, put her contacts in, and then slept with her contacts in with her eye cut and ended up with this with whatever this fucking like oh, Hulkamania God. eye is. Dude, it looks like it looks like a, 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 a like a vision into into um, a, like the star a star right after its supernovas. Yeah, it does. isn't it's it like crazy? Christmas. Isn't it crazy? Like how <laughs> simple of a thing <laughs> oh, that God, is. Like really she making... says, I cut I cut my eye, I put my contacts in, I went to sleep. Like the most innocent seeming thing ever. The but amount now of it's people like, now you've got now you've got a mutant eye. The and amount of people who are who are listening to this who like sleep with their contacts in are they're just fucking tripping out right now. Well, you're not supposed yeah. to do. You're just like actually for you're real, not supposed to do, supposed that, to do that at all. So don't. So mm-hmm. so so if you're if you're one of those fucking animals that's still doing that, don't. I'm pretty C- sure I know buttloads of people who are like, yeah, I just sleep with my like. It's been like a month, and I still have the same contacts in. Uh, no, so wait, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah no. so, so uncomfortable. I, I want no you to way. Google this. Yeah, you're the only one here that wears uh, glasses or contacts, Lauren. So, you, like, really? I guess you could probably speak to it better. Yeah, I only out, wear out of the, I wear, out of the I wear four reading of us, glasses yeah. sometimes. Oh, okay. I don't wear I don't wear glasses all the time ever. But um, but uh, it's one of the reasons we hired you. Actually, uh, we were yeah. just like, we need somebody with four eyes because if they're Ooh. a nerd, then they're probably yeah. good at work, right? Yeah. So that's yep. that was Absolutely. our criteria. That was on our. That was on our. Actually, that was on our our social media post when we were looking to hire an unpaid intern. And that's why we got so much shit from, 
from the uh, local community uh, yeah. of people being very Everyone angry. was like, why do they have to have glasses? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No one cared that we weren't going to pay you. That's right. And we were like, contacts will do, but, you know, we'd prefer glasses. So Lauren actually wore contacts until she started working with us, and then now she wears glasses. Well, we yeah, implemented exactly. the no contact, no contact lens rule, mm-hmm. and since then, you've, you've been following that, you know, decently well. <laughs> It increased my productivity by a lot, I will say. Just <laughs> skyrocketed. Um, but can you can you Google, can somebody Google um, how long you can keep contacts in for? Because I you, I have a feeling that there's some types of contacts uh, that you can keep in longer than others. No, well, it just depends. Well, there's like, there's contacts that you wear once a day and you toss them at the end of the day. There's contacts that you can keep for weeks at a time. Like I'm using dailies now. I used to use the like two week kind. And I can tell you like when I'm, when I'm wearing, when I was wearing the contacts that you would keep, like if I woke, if I slept in them, my eyes did not feel good the next day. Like okay. they feel gunky and weird. It is not a good look. So, or okay. Feeling. So I'm, I'm probably wrong about that. It's I have, like, I have, I have you, it right you here, bro. You can wear them for two weeks, but you still take them out. No, dude. Yeah, you take them, them out at night. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so here's what it says. How many yeah. hours per day can you safely wear contacts? Most people can safely and comfortably wear contact lenses for 14 to 16 hours per day. It's always yeah. best to try to remove them as soon as possible before you go to bed at night to give your eyes a chance to breathe without the lenses in. The next little section here, how many days in a row can you continuously wear contacts safely? Sleeping in contact lenses, this is what extended wear means significantly increases the risk of serious eye infections. You should avoid it whenever possible. Some contacts designed to transmit more oxygen to your eye have been FDA approved to sleep in overnight. The risk of complications is still higher when you sleep with them versus removing them every night. So just like, just don't, just take them out. Oh, it um, feels horrible. Yeah. It's like I your hear, eyes are wearing sweaters. I want to hear. <laughs> it's horrible. I, yeah. I want to hear from listeners that, that keep them in because I'm sure... There's some people out there who are like, yeah, I kind of, I forget no, to take my come note. On, just, well, we've all had our nights when we've come home at 2 a.m. from the bar fucking with a half a poutine in our hair just and fall, <laughs> yeah. collapse into bed with them. But it shouldn't be a habit. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's, the a, there's a difference between that and Brian, you saying, <laughs> I, I know lots of people who wear them for two weeks straight and never take them out. Like that's, okay. that's just... But I, are all so those I people was, I, bl- like have gone blind? Like, well, like, I feel like I was right about the fact that they wear them for two weeks, just not straight, because they're the type of contacts right. that you can take out and reuse, right? Right. So, sure. Um, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I I've never worn them, so I I it's honestly something that's totally foreign to me. Well, anyway, now I'm now I'm and now I, I know I, I'm 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 low key worried because my eye feels so. I didn't get to say this part when I flushed it. I think I got whatever was in there out. I don't think it's cut because like today my eyes fine, but I have that weird thing now that I, now that I've been told that you could potentially get pseudomonas out of the eye because you poured tap water into your face. I have that like, that sort of like hypochondria type sensation of like, of like, oh, my eye, like, is my, do I, does my eye feel weird from the left eye, like I feel, I feel like my eyes a little weird Dude, feeling. Is it the same feeling that you get when, um, when we found out that like COVID nineteen was spreading around the world, and you're like, oh, those are the symptoms of it: sore throat, cough. Oh, maybe I have it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think that. I think it is a little bit of that, like sort of. I'm, I'm making it up, but anyway, yeah. hey, I, when, I, when I, I was, um, I thought I'd share that. When I was uh, in grade five, I went to give a friend of mine a high five, and you know, we were uncoordinated, like ten year olds. 
and we missed each other's hands, and he had a pencil in his hand, and he stabbed me in the <laughs> eye, and I still have oh my God. a pencil mark in my eyeball. What? What? I didn't yeah. know this. Yeah. You can, Crazy. I mean, that's pretty I mean, yeah, we, we won't be yeah, able I'm going to lean here. in and see if you can see it, but. Hey, um, Definitely you know, can't we, see we, it. guys, we didn't really, um, well, we didn't, we didn't I necessarily put it out there to plan on talking about this, but this is something that we talked about, um, uh, when we were, um, hanging in your backyard last week, Jer. Mm. Um, oh about, yeah. Yeah. About vaccines, like potential vaccines and, and. Um, Jerry, you brought up something really interesting, which was something that you were listening to about how, you know, there's this possibility, you know, we, we've really public attention has really been focused on like the vaccine that is inevitable, but like how long will it take? And you were coming at it from this angle. I think, I don't know if it was something you listened to or something you read that was saying, Hey, it's not a given that there will be a vaccine. Like there's lots of things out there that have come up in, in the world that just, that you know, you, we obviously wanted vaccines for, but we never got them. And for example, and the HIV. Like, there's no, there's no, right. there's no vaccine for the for <laughs> HIV. There's no vaccine. I don't think for HPV. Um, That's right. Yeah. I mean, there's there's like there's preventative measures for HIV or H, HPV, but like, mm-hmm. I think if you get HPV, you have HPV. And it would, and it would like be a, interesting to talk to somebody who's like who, to somebody soon who's in the who's in the world of like really understanding vaccines, how long they take, how likely it is that a vaccine is produced, like what the odds are of finding a vaccine for something when, mm-hmm. when, a, when a virus or something pops up. But um, I, uh, in, in the, so I follow the markets and financial news really closely, and they have been like reacting to daily headlines around vaccines in a major way. So, I mean, markets will swing crazy opposite directions based on what the news of the day is on vaccines. Mm. And some something big that happened last week, which then like the next day or two got called into question, was, um, was some test results um, from trials by a company called Moderna, a... a um, uh, a pharma company that is, uh, you know, one of the many, many uh, pharma companies that's bringing up that's bringing up um, tests um, or vaccine trials. Aren't they? The, isn't that the company that just uh, gave Joe Rogan a hundred million dollars to uh, to exclusively uh, <laughs> play his podcast <laughs> through their through their medications? Yeah, maybe I heard about Spotify that. and them. Yeah, 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 I heard, yeah. I heard about that in the financial <laughs> news. So the thing, so the thing with them was, I'll just read, I'll just read a few lines uh, from the opening of this article. So this is the, this is from uh, about a company called Moderna that's testing a, a trial vaccine. So the first coronavirus vaccine to be tested in people appears to be safe and able to stimulate an immune response against the infection. The manufacturer Moderna announced on Monday, offering a glint of hope to a world desperate for ways to stop the pandemic. The preliminary findings in the first eight people who each received two doses of the experimental vaccine must now be repeated in far larger tests in hundreds and then thousands of people to find out if the vaccine can work in the real world real world moderna's technology involving genetic material from the virus called mrna is relatively new and has yet to produce any approved vaccine um and so it then goes on to talk about the stock but then a little bit further down um it was talking about and the news that i was reading last week that this trial vaccine in these people I think it was something like 45 people over 43 days or maybe vice versa mm-hmm. um, showed that after that time period, they were seeing um, antibody levels being produced that that more or less replicate 
what they would expect to find in somebody who had gotten coronavirus and then recovered from it. So that was the, that was like the, by no means we've found a vaccine and this is, you know, we're going to start shipping this out. That's definitely not the news, but it was like this, it was like this very, um, you know, we can't go any further without this type of result. I I see what's happening here. You invested in this company, and now you want to <laughs> now you want to promote yeah. it on our podcast, dude. The illegal nature and, of that is and, hardcore. Yeah. And now <laughs> I called it out. Well, and now you, I see what you're doing. I have zero investment in Moderna. Do you, let it be known. I actually you, almost bought some shares in that company. Do you, do you, oh, well, I think you just fucked yourself. On Monday morning, I checked. This, uh, I don't think you're allowed to anymore. Like, yeah, you what? can't now. Uh, listen, do you want to hear something really interesting to to kind of piggyback of, off of what you just brought up there, Tay. So this sure. is, this is a, an article from NewScientist.com. And, uh, and this, this, I found this in, after our, our discussion in the backyard about, about um, you know, like how, how long will it take to, for us to see a vaccine? Because you and I, we were having this conversation specifically about, you know, is it, am I stuck inside my fucking house until a vaccine is... is yeah is created. And if that's the case, how long do we think that will be? This article was extraordinarily sobering um, because it was the first time I've ever read any of these types of stats. And, and so, you know, it's, it's one thing for a company to come out and say like, Hey, we've shown some promise in these trial vaccines, but to, to go from the word trial vaccine to like, like commercially available vaccine is, is a, Mm -hmm. so, so wait till you hear this. Okay. So the article is titled, uh, uh, this comes from Carrie Arnold. The article is titled why it'll still be a long time before we get a Corona vaccine, coronavirus vaccine. Um, I'll try to skip through there, you know, um, uh, while there's claims that it could be possible for a vaccine to be ready within a year, the chances of this happening, uh, remain slim. Uh, there was a trial led by the University of Oxford will, that, will, that will ultimately involve 1,100 adults, half of whom will receive the experimental vaccine. The other half will get a meningitis vaccine as a control. Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. Difficult to raise. Uh, unfortunately, these hopes are probably misplaced. Vaccine design expert Maria Batazzi of Bayer College in medicine, of Medicine in Houston, Texas, calls the schedule of, of, of one year um, unrealistic. Even right. if everything goes according to plan in the first phase of trials, Batozzi points out that researchers will still need time to determine how well the vaccine protects people from COVID-19 and whether it provokes any side effects when a vaccinated person is subsequently exposed to the virus. And so those side effects could be anything from, you know, like aches and pains to... to um, to becoming the Manchurian candidate because of the the, uh, the chip that was installed within you, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll I, I digress. I'll go further with the article here. Um, it is it is far from guaranteed that the vaccine will be safe and effective. A 2013 study calculated that before entering clinical trials, this is fucking crazy. The average experimental vaccine has a six percent chance of ultimately reaching the market. Of those that make wow. it into trials, a 2019 analysis suggests that the probability of success is 33.4%. But even if the Oxford vaccine succeeds, there will be the issue of scaling up manufacturing to, to make hundreds of millions of doses. According to Batazzi, this is the real bottleneck. 
Under the best of circumstances, the world is still looking at 12 to 18 months before a vaccine could be widely available, she says. That in That's itself- still crazy soon. Hold on, though. Yeah. That in itself would be a remarkable achievement. So this is where it gets really fucking crazy. The 2013 study found that between 98 and 2009, the average time taken to, to develop a vaccine is 10.7 years. It yeah, is, it that's is, the average. It is possible to speed this up to some extent. Since then, an Ebola vaccine, which has become the... Fa- this is huge. The fastest developed vaccine ever in our history... Mm-hmm. Four years. Five years. In just five years. But to lower this to just 18 months would require the next steps of the development process to be begun before the previous ones were completed. So it's just like, you know, like the long end is 20 years, I think. Yeah. Like that's like a long, long one. And the average. That's that's a long fucking time. The thing that's the thing that's different for this. Now, when you've got something that affects um, a small, a, a smaller geographical region. And especially like the region that like Ebola, um, that Ebola affected, which is not only a smaller region of the world in comparison to something like coronavirus, which affects the globe. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. it's also affecting a a a disadvantaged a disadvantaged like socioeconomic region of the world. So things are way different there, and it's still really quick. And I think the advantage in terms of time um, that coronavirus has is because it affects such a it it affects the entire world and because because it affects the entire world there is a massive economic benefit to creating a vaccine so you've got more pharma companies than ever before right putting in putting in more resources than they've ever committed to any one project right it's like it's almost like it's like every pharma company on the planet is throwing like a hundred percent of their power yeah. towards this, mm-hmm. so, so that's hundred percent. That, that it's entirely possible. Potential. It's it's entirely possible, but those numbers of like you know six percent actually are effective, or like mm-hmm. you know thirty three percent are actually like ever go anywhere like that. Like it's but six percent in the, but the environment calls for such a massive quantity of of vaccines that are being developed by. A, a way higher number of companies. Yeah. So that, so what that, the number of vaccines that that 6% uh, comprises of is, is a lot more than yeah. maybe typical because it's such a, I would love such a to, dire global need. I would love mm-hmm. to talk to somebody about um, vaccines more specifically because I'm, I'm so curious about like how, you know, like obviously there could be, I could see how there could be one company that comes up with the, like develops the vaccine, but then all of a sudden now you have to talk about like how do you produce it on a mass scale? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. who are the key stakeholders who are involved with the production of that? How do they, um, like, do they just license the rights to other pharma companies to develop yeah. around the world? Like how, like how do those things work? Because I like when when we're talking about Ebola and getting access to enough vaccines to um, to vaccinate people in that smaller geographic region, it's not like the four of us are getting Ebola vaccines, right? Like, mm-hmm. like how do they, have we ever scaled vaccine yeah. production this quickly? On, I know that they on, are on this I know, level. I know that on the scaling, on the scaling topic, I've heard, I've read a lot of news about, um, you know, the world's major pharma companies sort of like coming together in a way, however they organize that. I don't know, but they organize it in, in a way that, you know, whoever comes up with the vaccine, like, more there the 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 manufacturing capacity will be will be 
a partnership amongst many pharma companies, whether they come up with the vaccine or not, because, you know, we need this, we need to scale that vaccine to a Mm. degree that, you know, the world has never seen before. Well, you know, we're, we're going to find out, uh, and it's, it's just a matter of time and whether that time is 12 months from now or whether that time is 10 years from now, we'll eventually know the answer to the questions that we are asking. <laughs> yeah, well, so just let it, the record be known that this is a feel-good Friday, and I was trying to make it feel good by saying, hey, maybe there's going to be a vaccine. And, and so- Jer was going, you know what? I want to bring this shit down by saying only Look. 6%. There's only a 6% chance, so don't hold your fucking breath. Daddy. Well, isn't it like a 6% chance per like trial? Because there's like multiple teams. There's hundreds of teams throughout yeah, the right. world yeah, right. putting the weight, like the weight of all human ingenuity and industry That's what I'm saying. is yeah. united behind this effort. You, you so guys, I feel good, Lauren. Happen. You feel guys good. are right. Listen, I'm feeling good. Listen, guys, I <laughs> typically I'm I'm pr- pretty optimistic when, when times are tough, but also sometimes daddy gets real. And it's 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 get real Friday. It's get Daddy real Friday on with Daddy. It's Daddy time. Daddy time. Sit down with Daddy. Sit on Daddy's lap and get real with Daddy. Yeah, yeah. So like, this, this is feel, this feel good. This is feel this good episode, with Uncle Tay. This episode is definitely called Daddy Gets Real. <laughs> actually, actually, you know what? Let's. It's a perfect segue. Daddy does get real in this episode. Daddy, mommy, and baby all get real because we oh are my. going to be talking to our friend Martha, who is a brand new mommy. And, uh, and her husband and new daddy uh, live in uh, France. And the crazy thing about uh, Martha maybe, and, and maybe her... Maybe he's not a new daddy. Maybe he was daddy before he was a real daddy. That wow. is wow. not... that. That is Ooh. a different podcast, and we won't go there. <laughs> also, only room for one daddy on this, on this show, and that is yours truly, daddy. So uh, uh, anyway, Martha and her husband, uh, they live in France, and Martha gave birth to her first baby... Um, during massive plot twist during COVID, and uh, yeah, there's a plot twist to this recording. We won't spoil it for you, uh, but when you think the recording's over, it actually isn't. So, uh, so a little, little, little spo- spoilerless uh, alert. Um, stay tuned because her story is beautiful, but then it, it takes a wild turn. Um, and so we we talked to Martha about the challenges of giving birth during a, a global pandemic. Um, giving birth in a country that she is not from. She's actually a Canadian and, and gave birth over in France um, at the height, at the peak of, of COVID over there. Uh, really wonderful conversation. We, we've, we were so grateful to be able to sit down and chat with her. And her baby, uh, Matilda, is the fucking cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, so I uh, hope you enjoy this conversation. And uh, we will we'll see you on the other side of it. And... Um, yeah, don't, uh, don't, don't pour water in your eyeball. All right. Definitely don't do that. <laughs> Unless it's distilled. Uh, well, this so so. Uh, thanks for the segue there, Brian. Uh, today we're talking <laughs> about kids. Uh, we're talking about um, we're talking to our new friend Martha uh, about what it's like to give birth. And I I don't know. I actually don't know much about your the process of you giving birth. But I I think it 
you you gave birth to what we can assume is a, a happy, healthy baby, right? Yeah, yeah, she's great. Yeah, and which, you know, usually when we're talking to like uh, mothers who gave birth on the show, it's because we're talking to them and their baby uh, came out and and the parents found out that like, oh no, my, my kid has like a genetic disease or, oh no, my kid is it, like has a... Um, you know, a lifelong disability or, oh no, like my, my, my intestines are falling into the inside of my vagina or something crazy, right? Or like, oh no, uh, we thought it was going to be a human and it's a little alien. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. Always, right, right. oh no. Yeah. yeah, yeah always, all no. Always, 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 oh no. Always, oh no. But in I your case, like Martha, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> in your case, Martha, there, there wasn't, there was not really much, oh no, in terms of your birth. It seems like everything was great. However... The oh no is that you you happen to to uh, you happen to get pregnant in in the, at at the perfect time that would set you up to uh, give birth during one of the wildest pandemics that mm-hmm. we've ever experienced in our entire lifetime. Yeah, why did you do that? <laughs> yeah, I, I planned that perfectly. It was a great plan. No, um, yeah, it was. It's bad luck, big time. And I'm not the only one. There's tons of us uh, giving birth yeah. right now, and it's not very fun. What What day did you actually give birth? March thirtieth. Okay, so like, um, so like, I guess back in January when like COVID nineteen was starting to like creep into the media, and and uh, we we could tell that things were starting to go downhill a little bit. Was there any concern um, on, on your side that like that this would turn into a global pandemic and then ultimately fuck with your pregnancy? No. So I'll, I'll add before I answer that, just that I'm also in France. I'm not in Canada right now, even though I am Canadian. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you know a lot about French culture, normally they don't think anything is serious at all. So we heard <laughs> about they, they uh. don't care. If there's a global pandemic, if people are dying in China, they're like, oh, no, we drink wine on patios. It's okay. And uh, (laughs) so when we heard about COVID, we really like nobody cared here. And then really like three, four weeks right before I gave birth is when we were like, oh, okay, this is serious. So, no, I did not care in January. Nobody cared. But one month before, we cared. When when you did start to – realize that like oh okay this is getting serious was it um was it around the same time that we were feeling that here over in Canada like yeah. was it like around like mid march late march kind of where you're going oh fuck like this is this is now like actually going to like affect us yeah actually i think we locked down or quarantined around the exact same time as canada which is crazy mm. because it got serious a lot quicker here but yeah. we mm. we Canada was on it. We were not here. And with like the proximity to Italy, which was really like the 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 big European yeah. uh like mark where everyone was tripping out and I mean and I th- I th- yeah, go ahead. At the time it was really crazy in Italy. It was uh the like March break for France, but before <laughs> March. So it was two weeks vacation and everyone went to Italy, actually. Oh, no. So they brought it all back to France. Fuck. Yeah. And like Italy really didn't even really know at that. I mean, it's and the reason that I actually made the joke about, you know, why did you do that? Like, why did you plan on getting pregnant and having a baby during uh, this pandemic is because 
is because I, I took, I was traveling, um, when all, when everything happened and I had to get back from Ecuador and like, I actually caught some shit from people who, who, who kind of acted as if it was really super obvious that I should not have been out of the country. And, uh, and so, and, and, and it is easy. I make that joke because it is easy. Like I bet that even though I say that as a joke, there's probably, I'm sure there's people out there that are like, what a bad decision. (laughs) <laughs> to, to, well, to, to well, like I, you know to have a baby would during covid yeah, as if you yeah. could as if you could look back dude yeah you raise your eyebrows as if that's as if that's not a possibility but dude, i there, there are you. people there are people in the u.s right now who are marching the streets <laughs> demanding that they don't wear masks because george bush or or, or, or bill gates <laughs> is gonna put chips in their babies I, I look i totally agree that that's a possibility but i am i am curious to know what brought you to what brought you to France? Why why are you why mm. why France? Is it the wine and the cheese? Because that's why I would live there. <laughs> uh, big time that. Uh, no, actually, I was just kind of in a spot where I wanted to travel, and in order to travel long term, because I was already traveling before, I had to work, and an easy work visa for Canadians, France. So uh, oh, I came to good France, to know. And, and then I met my partner, and and. Uh, the yoga studio I work at needed teachers here, so it worked out very well. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Sweet. So so how long have you been in France? Almost two years now. Okay. So France is is home. Like that is this is this where you're likely going to settle down and, and raise your baby? Uh it's a, always the goal to come back to Canada. Uh right. but uh, as of right now we're here because my partner doesn't retire for another twelve years, so Okay, got it. Okay, so so you're in France. There's a there's a global pandemic. You ha- have a bun in the oven that is hot and ready to come out. Hot and um, ready. And I'm I'm sure that you know you had some sort of you know nine months ago you had some sort of um uh, idea of what labor would look like as as a, a woman in the year 2020. Uh, or at that time, 2019, going into 2020. And uh, so I'm curious to know, like, what, how has, la- what's, what's different between what you expected labor to be versus labor during a global pandemic slash quarantine? So I think everyone pictures their labor with their partner, with the dad of the child or their mom or even their doula, which is super popular. Uh, and during the global pandemic, when it first came up, it was big, like X, no, no dads, no doulas, no moms, no one in the hospital at all. And that was changing every single day. So you really didn't know what you were gearing up for. Well, so like, at the be- sorry, like nobody in the hospital at all. Like I, when you first started Never. saying that I was picturing like they're, you know, they're not allowed in the room, but they're in the next room, but like, they're not even allowed to come to the hospital. So you're not like allowed to have anybody there for emotional support. No one at all. Uh, that was when the oh. pandemic first came up. Thankfully, when I gave birth, uh, Louis was allowed after I had my epidural. So when you're in active labor, so I chose an epidural, but if you didn't choose an act, uh, epidural, then it would have been when you're in active labor, when you're like four centimeters, five centimeters dilated. <laughs> so and so then, wait, are they, are they like sitting outside of the hospital at that point? And they're like, all right, she's, uh, 
you know, she's dilating, she's four centimeters. Or, all right, now you can come in. Like, like, how does that? How do, well, I think. <laughs> well, how do I they think decide that? that? I think some dads probably are like waiting outside of the hospital because if you don't have a car and you have to take an Uber because we're living in a big city, that you're not going to be Ubering ten times back and forth. So I think some dads really are waiting outside. But my labor and delivery was a little bit. Uh, not the ideal COVID birth in the sense that I was in the hospital for two days before Louis was allowed to come. Sick Boy Podcast will be right back after this word from our sponsors. Are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice? It's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms. How, like, how, how hard was that? Like, was that, you know, like, are you because like like being in the hospital in general alone is is that's that's a hard thing to go through like that's that really sucks and and especially with with I, I've never been in the p- position where I've I, I've been with a partner who's who's given birth but I I know I know in my heart of hearts that that is like such a monumental point in life and like and it's it's sometimes really hard and and like f- family support partner support um uh you know like i mean support in general is just like so important during those moments how how did that feel being told that like you you li- you literally can't have anyone here to back you up like it's just you and a, a select handful of health practitioners that you really have no relationship with up until this moment? That sucked. Actually, uh, when I, I spoke to my, uh, I have a neighbor who's a midwife. And the reason why I went to the hospital in the first place is because I was losing some water, but not in a dramatic kind of way, like my water broke. And I spoke to her and she said, Oh, you have to go to the hospital to get it checked. You have to be on antibiotics. And uh, I was terrified. I was like, no, absolutely not. I am not going to the hospital if it means my water broke and I'm not in serious contractions. I am not doing that. Like the ideal COVID birth is you labor at home for as long as possible and then you go with your partner. So when I came to the conclusion like, oh no, that's not how it's going down for me. I was horrified, horrified. Mm -hmm. And to be, when I got to the hospital, I was left alone all night long. I didn't even see midwives. I didn't see doctors, no one. They were like, yeah, you hang out in that room by yourself. Uh, good luck. And definitely I, I, like in a, in a, in a, in a place like, <laughs> like France or any, anywhere, I, I don't want to use, I don't want to say Canada as a whole. Cause there are obviously places in Canada where there are like large numbers of, of COVID cases. Uh, thankfully Nova Scotia isn't, um, isn't one of them. Um, you know, but like, for example, like in Nova Scotia right now, if you were to be going to have, uh, to give birth, I'm sure it would be a concern of, of the the mother like they would be concerned about it but but the numbers are low here so it's it's a concern rather than somewhere where the numbers are high and it's like it's not just a concern it's like a really it's like a really big threat i think it's not it's not uh, yeah go ahead brian i I think to add to that too it's like you know 
you're giving birth around the end of March when, you know, this is still very much ramping up. And they're also trying at that time to put into place um, precautions and procedures and things to to kind of um, like almost like ad hoc as they go to try to like figure out how to best um, keep this virus at bay. And so like in addition to the fact that like, you know, you might be going to a place that there there are more cases than like um, there are maybe in Nova Scotia right now. It's like also there's this is the end of March. There's like nothing in place at that point or very little yeah. to like protect the um, people who are going in there for like, you know, mandatory health procedures outside of um, being mm-hmm. checked out for COVID-19. How fucked I, up was it when yeah. you when you got to the hospital? Yeah. Like like, you know, you say that they kind of left you alone like. Were they leaving you alone because because the the hospital where you live was overwhelmed? No, actually, the hospital I was at was apparently not overwhelmed. I did ask them about that. But when I arrived, they knew I was coming. Uh, Louis had to wait. I went in, and I had to, like, call through this little call thing. They, like, checked out to see who I was before I came in. And when they walked me in, they walked me past the triage board with all the women's names giving birth. And there's like women's names with big COVID written in capitals with question mark under. And I'm just walking through no mask, no nothing. Yeah. Did that mean that there were, there were, there were pregnant mommies in there that, that had COVID and they were about to give birth with COVID? I did not, I did not want to ask because if people did have COVID, I didn't want to know. I did not want anything negative in my mindset. I did not want to. That's right. Were, yeah, because you, you get that 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 hot that hot bun in the oven's coming yeah. out, and you want that positivity coming <laughs> out with that bun. You know, you don't want it. You don't want a negative bun coming out into the world. Exactly. I get it. No, I get it. I, I can't help but imagine like the way that you describe that that scenario. It's like it just sounds so um, like almost like dark and kind of scary. Walking in and seeing like that written on a board, COVID with a, a mm-hmm. question mark, um, and then I and then I imagine what you would what you would have like hoped or uh, envisioned that part of, of your pregnancy. Like, like, did you ever have any thoughts about like how, how you had kind of pictured things to be versus like the reality of the situation? Um, Did you have those thoughts where you kind of compared the two? Oh, big time. I think every pregnant woman watches like a million birth videos on YouTube, like reads all these stories, everything. And none of that was what happened for me. And it was, it was, yeah, quite the disappointment, but I I do compare quite often, but since it was my first baby, I don't compare really in a negative way because I don't have like this amazing birth story to really Mm -hmm. be like comparing to, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. was there anything that, um, was there anything that you, you would, would be, um, what's the word I'm looking for that would be. Um, like standard in terms of like testing or anything like along the way. I know that you, you know you had you had obviously had the baby, um, sort of like when the sh- when the shit really hit the fan. So like most of your pregnancy was behind you. Um, did you have anything that was standard like in terms of testing that like they couldn't do because of what was going on? Like in, here in Nova Scotia, it seems like there are some things that that you would usually get or you would get it at a certain time here as a, as a, 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 if you're carrying a baby, but like things are different now because like the hospital situation is not the same and, and, and so on. So was there anything like that for you? 
Uh, well, all of the like pre-birth classes and things like that were all canceled. So I did not have any birthing classes. I didn't have any midwife coming to my house and talking to me about what was going to happen, things like that. Uh, and Louis didn't come to any of my appointments at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, uh, kind of like the olden days, you know, it's just like, all right, here's your baby. Go figure it out. And you're <laughs> like, oh, okay, I guess, uh, I guess this is it. You know? uh, yeah, it's exactly. very, uh, something very, very, but very, a, a big very thing f- that stands out, uh, in the sense that is different with COVID is, uh, it wasn't a huge impact on me, but women who had C-sections can't have certain medications because you can't be using, I'm not sure what it is, but you can't use it with COVID because it makes it worse. Like, I don't Tylenol. Hydroxychloroquine? Uh, maybe. Yeah, uh, no, so they makes... can't have pain medication right now. So women are given, right. yeah. getting given like Advil or whatever, and they're like, good luck surviving uh, your recovery from uh, your C-section, your major surgery. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually thinking oh that, that there was a hydroxychloroquine joke in there somewhere, but like <laughs> imagine um, if like that's the medication that you needed post Post pregnancy to feel better, and they were just using it as a as a COVID nineteen uh, cure. Uh, that would be crazy. There's none left for your pregnancy. It's all <laughs> it's all been shipped to the White House. Well, I mean, this is this is a topic for another time. But there's a bunch of lupus patients that are like, "What the fuck?" Like, there's a shortage on on hydroxychloroquine. Oh, anyway, do they take we can it talk, for, yeah, we can take ta- it for we lupus. Can, we can talk about it some other time. Um, I I have uh, I, I have a quick question. Um, about so a couple of weeks ago we were talking about you know babies being born in the in the time of covid and in india there was a baby that was born and the parents were like let's not forget this and they named their kid sanitizer and there was another baby over in india that they n- named lockdown um so what cool <laughs> covid name did you give your baby yeah actually her name's quarantine yeah i forgot to tell uh, you guys that one. Uh. Yeah, that's her middle name now so people don't really know but <laughs> Yeah, yeah was, which which if, is actually which is actually French for Quinn. So it it, exactly, it, 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 it works out. Good <laughs> what if you named her Corinne and then Teen as her middle name? Uh, that would it be that would be sad. When yeah. when's Brian, your baby? Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brian. What what other what other kind of fun names can you come up with, Brian? That are a little yeah, puns. Yeah, Brian. Yeah, oh, I'm sure a lot. Uh, what would you What would you say? Um, you know, we're still in this. We're still. It's not, uh, it hasn't gone away yet. Um, and there's a lot of unknown in terms of, of how much longer we will be in this. Um, what would you say to, what are some of the takeaways that you have for other new moms in this time of COVID or, or maybe some moms that like are kind of on the way to, to experiencing a, a potentially a similar experience that you had? Honestly, I want everyone to know that it's not scary. I I was in the hospital for five days by myself and I used all of the time. I was FaceTiming my family and my friends and everyone. And I was able to actually bring so many more people into the experience than you would I would have if it wasn't COVID. So if it wasn't COVID, Hmm. then maybe I would have my mom there and Louie and because you don't think that you would want so many other people there. But I was FaceTiming so many people and my dad was like the best person ever when I was laboring I was FaceTiming with him I never ever would have known that my dad would have been a good labor coach I feel like I was actually (laughs) privileged to be able to invite so many people into the experience so I want new moms just to know like it's not scary you you can do it and the three days after in France it's mandatory to stay for three days after okay 
and Louis was not allowed to visit, nothing. It robbed Louis of the experience, but I felt so confident as a mom when I was going home. Uh, me and uh, my, my daughter's name's Matilda. Me and Matilda had such a good relationship by the time I went home. Mm-hmm. I felt so confident. We had such a bond. And that's something that not very many new moms get to have. I actually feel really privileged about my experience with it. It was just me and her. Oh. Focus completely on her. That's a that's a good uh, like silver lining, silver lining story about the whole thing because I mean, it. I can imagine that if you wanted to, you could, you could find a way to make this a pretty sh- shit story. You know what I mean? Like a like you could you could focus in on on the negatives of everything and the scariness of everything and the unknown mm-hmm. of everything. Like Brian was saying before, I mean. At that time, especially in mid-March, it was like, you know, we didn't know how it was affecting people. We didn't know if it was if it was going to be old people, sick people, young people, healthy people. Like we didn't know what was going on. I mean, there's a lot of things there. So, it's uh, it's great that you can pull out a, uh, a a silver lining from that experience and and have that bond um, with your daughter. Yeah, also, I wish Matilda I is like the cutest fucking name. Of all, like I just lo- I love that name so much. Matilda. So oh, thank yeah, you. it's really sweet. It's funny because a lot of people reference the movie Matilda, but uh... we did that last week on this show. <laughs> we did. Oh, you did. Is it? Is it not? It's not. It's not based on the show. It's no. It's a family name slash French and English names, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh. Sweet. <laughs> well, Mar- Martha, this is uh, this has been really great. Uh, I you know I. I, Lauren, Lauren had set this up and I was, I was kind of like coming into this. I was a little, I was a little nervous. I was kind of like, Oh man, I, I hope this isn't going to like, I've, I've got a thing with pregnancy and, and birth giving that like makes me a little queasy. And then also like, I just, I was, it's feel good Friday. Like I just didn't want to feel not good. And uh, <laughs> this, story, this story as as scary as it seems like it was going into it. Um, you know, it, like Taylor just said, there's, there's, there's a lot of sweetness to come out of it. So, um, I, I have I, nothing bad to say about giving birth during COVID and that's why I wanted to be on the show and speak about it because so many people are terrified and, uh, new yeah. moms are terrified about their babies getting COVID and them getting COVID and things like that. And we've been through that too. So, well, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to share your story and to, uh, you know, hopefully offer some some uh some levity and some hope for for those moms to be in the next couple of months because uh, it it really does mean a lot for sure of course i hope people have great births these babies are badasses hot yeah, buns right. coming out of that's hot right. ovens <laughs> and just being ready yeah. to be served <laughs> that's right badass badass babies especially with the name lockdown uh thank you thanks a lot martha and uh and stay safe and uh keep us posted on on matilda and how she how she uh grows up and turns turns out to probably be just like the raddest little kid i will i will of course uh okay hold on whoa 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 we are back uh uh Hold the phone. And when we were done recording, Martha, you were like, "Oh yeah, by the way, um, we had COVID." Uh, so, <laughs> so hold on. Then you, you said all of us. Yeah, yeah. Wait. Well, well. 
wait, okay, so whoa, whoa, whoa. So who had COVID? <laughs> you guys so okay, so so just to recap, you move to France, you meet a really lovely man, you guys decide this is gonna be our life, we're gonna make a child. You make a child, the child comes out during a pandemic, you go home and you're raising your baby to be the most badass little bun that came out of the oven and and then you got covid or you had covid before what fill us in uh yeah about five weeks postpartum so matilda was five weeks i started having symptoms of covid uh her dad's actually a firefighter so he's been working front lines everything like that and i started showing symptoms but when you're postpartum you just kind of chalk everything off as postpartum symptoms, hormones, being tired. So I woke up one day, I was exhausted. I had a runny nose. I had like this shooting pain at my nose. And then over the next week, I lost taste. I lost smell. I had cramping. I was confused. I had extreme headaches. But all of this, I really thought was hormones. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm a new mom. I'm tired. I'm not sleeping. Whatever. Yeah. Louis, my partner, went to work the next week, and he had a fever, and then he lost taste and smell. So firefighters here are military, so they rushed him to the military hospital, tested him, positive. Whoa. And they said, Crazy. oh, your wife lost her taste and smell. She's, she has it too. Mm-hmm. And Whoa. then Matilda has it because I've been kissing her, hugging her. I've, I've had her the sure. whole time. Uh, do, they actually, do they actually test Matilda or do they just say like it's inevitable that she would have she would get it because of the proximity Ma- between you Matilda guys? and I both were not tested because testing is not available for everyone. But they said, yes, you do have it. And Matilda right. does have it because her mom has it. Right. Whoa, that's so OK. okay. I've what happened so with Matilda? <laughs> like what did, did she have? Did she have any symptoms that you that looked like she was sick or or what? Uh, no, she didn't have any symptoms, but anytime she cried or anything like that, I thought like, oh no, she has COVID now. But uh, no, she never showed symptoms. And actually all of the doctors said, it's okay because you're breastfeeding. She has your antibody. She's strong. She's a baby. She's, she's protected. So that was good. And we actually went to a pediatrician appointment when I had COVID and she had COVID. And they knew we had COVID as well. Whoa. Oh, my God. She Don't truly wait. is the most badass little baby. This is like, this is so wild. Uh, okay, so, wait, wait. Uh, so, I, I, so how? I, yeah, go, Bri. I, I wanted to ask because you said that you were feeling, um, like, in hindsight, you were symptomatic before your hus- your, uh, your partner was symptomatic. So you were having these symptoms and then, he went to work the next week. So um, do you, I guess like I'm assuming that you were handling it fairly well and probably getting a little bit better at that point, um, which I, I want to know more about. But I'm also wondering, where do you think you got it from? This is the million dollar question. We have no idea because I did not leave the house unless I was just walking around the block with her because the doctor said, oh, just take her outside once a day for a walk. So I was just walking outside. I would take Lysol wipes, not touch any buttons in the elevators, nothing. So I have no idea how I got it first. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, so I, I mean, you, you obviously, um, you self quarantined at home. You kind of, you, you, you went through the process 
Uh, it sounds like it was a, um, a shitty couple of weeks, but like aside from aside from like some of the symptoms, it really wasn't like the most extreme uh, experience for you. Did did you happen to hear our episode with with Emily, who lives here in Halifax, who had COVID? Um, yeah, like she, like talking to her, it was like holy fuck. That sounded like like just pure hell for for a good few days. Um, yeah, but we know that it's like crazy different for people, right? Wait, exactly. Wait, what, what, so what, what so you were you were you were one of those death, you were one you know? of those people that that it was it was kind of like a, a mild case. It was super mild, and Louis too. Like, yeah, he was off work, and he was totally normal. But he wasn't allowed to touch Matilda for two weeks. But yeah, totally normal, nothing really bad happened. And in France, the doctors kept saying, "Oh, it's because you're uh, type O blood type," which I don't know if it's true or not. But that's what the doctors kept saying. Louis and I are both. Uh, I'm O positive, and he's O negative. And they said mm-hmm. people with O blood types are not affected yeah. as much. And I, I don't know. That on, uh, I was hearing that on, um, uh, can't I heard that from Ro- a couple Ro- of different Rogan sources. Rogan was talking to somebody yeah. last week and th- there was something about, Oh, blood types being for whatever reason. I can't, I think they, they kind of went into it on the episode. I can't remember what they were saying, but there was something where, Oh, positive blood types have some sort of higher resistance than other blood types. When, yeah, when you first, sure. when you first, um, heard that Louis had, uh, COVID-19 um, and like I, I'm assuming he went to the, the military clinic got tested and probably called you to let you know like were were you um, were you worried like I, I know that you were probably starting to feel better at that point but like were you worried that um, you know maybe uh, Matilda wasn't showing symptoms yet or that she might get sicker um, what was that like so when he went, they were, he told them that I didn't have taste and smell. So they, they were like, yes, she has it 100%, no problem. But I was still worried about Matilda because they say symptoms don't come for 14 days sometimes. So, right. yeah, we were, we were testing her temperature like three times a day. Anytime she cried, which babies cry often, we were panicked. So, yeah, it was big-time anxiety-inducing. Even though she wasn't sick and I knew I was touching her, I was kissing her, all of that. And actually, a week after, they told me to start wearing a mask with her, even though I was mm. already touching her and kissing her for a week with it. But mm. I guess Whoa. the hardest thing in that situation is that is that she can't tell you anything. You know, she she can just cry, and it's then and you have to interpret interpret that in whatever way in in, in whatever she wants or needs or is trying to say. But she's not going to say. Hey, I think I've got a fever and I can't smell anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's so that's that's wild. that's uh that's really really tough. I mean, I don't I don't mean to I don't I don't mean to draw comparisons between your daughter and my dog, but <laughs> it's you know, it's like with a pet, you're like you're kind of just you when they're when they're sick or something, you're kind of really just guessing and you're kind of like, "Oh god, what do I do? I can't you can't tell me and it sucks." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's the scary part. They're really, yeah, they can't tell you anything. But uh, I don't think she got sick. And now we've been COVID free for, I think, two weeks now. Time is weird in quarantine. Wow, and uh, yeah, yeah, she never got sick. So Good. thank God. That's wild. I'm so glad we caught that right before well, we like hung up. When in call. Paris. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Fuck, Martha. Uh, well, crazy story. I'm so glad that you you were able to share that with us. That's uh, and God damn, so happy to, like that you guys all came out pretty much unscathed. Uh, that's uh, I you know, like what a yeah. what a wild predicament to be in and to be and to come out okay. This is going to be a strange strange sentence to say, but I'm actually happy we got COVID because the doctors are now telling us that we're we're clear now. Like we can't get it again. We have the antibody antibodies. So honestly, it's kind of nice that we got it. It's over with. We don't have to worry about Matilda. It's deconfinement now in France. We can go for a walk down the street, and not be in a panic. Honestly, the mm. negative is very much a positive at the same time. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Holy smokes. Well, thank you again. Holy blazes. <laughs> Holy blazes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Are you, is there anything else before we end this here that, uh, you know, I don't know, like you just, you, you found out yesterday you had C, you have CF and, and now you're just like going through all the, like nothing, nothing going to pop up here. (laughs) No, no, that's all. That's all. I promise. Okay. All right. Uh, well again, thank you, Martha and, uh, and give our love to the family. Um, and, uh, yeah, stay safe, stay safe over there. You guys too, for sure. My Thank heart's you. in Nova Scotia. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, if you're ever back here, uh, let us know because I want to meet this. I want to meet Lockdown or, or Matilda. Uh, quarantine. <laughs> yeah, and you can. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, 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 like as most people, as most people do when they come back to Nova Scotia, um, feel free to drop by for a Wednesday morning workout. Um, oh, for fuck's sake! Right. All right, here we go. Brian, that's Brian. Uh, <laughs> stop. That's enough that's of that. Great. See <laughs> it's definitely enough. All right, we're actually back now. Um, uh, there was a, there was a false ending to that recording, and then and then we we kicked back in there, dude. Her fucking baby and mommy and daddy and baby all had COVID. Wow, I didn't know daddy could get COVID. I thought well, daddy was invincible. De- it depends on what daddy we're talking about. <laughs> this daddy does not want COVID. Uh, daddy, you're truly daddy. I do not want COVID to come sit on this lap. I'll tell you right now. Oh, you know God. What? You know oh, what? my Lord. Um, the, the, visual the great thing about this horrendous. was that this is feel this is feel good Friday. So um, I know that uh, having COVID-19 can really fucking suck Yeah, because uh, it can kill you. But um, but it was nice to hear that um, their experience was was relatively mild. Yes. And also, I want to say that there was something that Martha brought up there, which is, you know, she 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 feels uh and i think i feel like she was told like oh you had it so now you're safe i don't know i don't know if that's like i don't know if that's official yet like if that news is like 100% like oh if you get it then you can't get like it's like you know the chicken pox thing like you won't get it again mm-hmm. um but but apparently there's some studies to showing that that is the case i don't know what the fucking realness is on that but um uh, you know, they're probably making assumptions must, based on other viruses yeah. that they think are related, and they're going, "Well, mm-hmm. it 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 was this way with that, so we're at least for now sort of leaning in that direction, but we don't know for sure." Yeah, it must feel yeah. nice though, uh, being being Martha in that position. Uh, you know, that's that must be a really really uh, 
relieving feeling at least at least to have that you know in this in this weird uncertain time so uh glad that they all made it out safe and uh and gosh that baby is so cute we 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 uh she introduced us to matilda when we were off mics and it was uh just the most adorable little bean of a human Dude, babies are fucked, dude. Like, you ever look at baby? You know what's the dude, cute? Babies the, are fucked. The, the cutest thing <laughs> on the planet is babies' fingernails. I can't, I can't. Like, I literally can't look at babies' fingernails without viscerally my whole body going like squeeze. No, like, they I, weird I go, me out, man. Ah! They weird me out. They're too small. Jerry, is, no, um, is, it, is it Hudson? Is it Hudson that's Tash's youngest? Uh, Austin, Austin's your okay. So you can't Austin? see his fingernails because his fingers are so fat. They just yeah. like they just okay. blob over the nail. I saw I saw a baby at Point Pleasant today. Yeah, that puts Austin's rolliness to shame. No, oh, dude, I was dude. he was legitimately the Michelin Man. Legit, oh, you should you should have grabbed. I that. was you like, should have grabbed that baby, brought it home with you, and then showed me on this recording. Yeah, you should have kidnapped mm. him, and then just yeah, give, well, give it back after. Give it back after you show me the roles. After Boro right. napped him, you should have yeah. Boro napped. Yeah, yeah, Bor- Bor- it's a, yeah, it's a Boro nap. <laughs> it's actually a. I'll do, guys, you know this episode's I, done. I'll ask that <laughs> yeah, yeah. next time I see <laughs> the child and its mother. Uh, well, this was fun. Um, I hope I don't get eye uh, eye infections and lose my sight. But if I do. It'll be good for the show, and um, we'll have something else to talk about. Um, and hey, if you ever want to reach out because you have a cool COVID quarantine story, you can send us an email. Uh, you can email us at intern at sickboypodcast.com, uh, or you can slide into our DMs over at uh, Instagram or Twitter, yeah, whatever, slippity, you know. Slippity slide right now. Um, because, uh, you know, we got, we're, we're not paying Lauren, but we're giving her lots of work to do. So she's on that uh, social media grind. Um, and, uh, thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, we love all of you. If you want to support the podcast, a huge thing you can do is go over to Spotify and give us a follow. Um, and Apple podcasts, leave us a rating and review, but you know what? I'm kind of leaning pretty heavy into the Spotify thing right now because Spotify is lighting this shit up. Spotify is kind of blowing up. Uh, so go to Spotify, give us a follow and, uh, we'd love to see you over there. And hey, if you want to support the podcast in other ways, uh, our podcast or our Patreon is just kind of blowing the fuck up. We got a really cool thing going with all of our patrons over on Discord that, you know, at first we were a little skeptical of, but Brian really pushed it and it turned out to be a wonderful thing. We See, great- what if we got into Periscope the way we got into Discord, man? I'm telling you, Periscope <laughs> was a missed opportunity. No, no, oh, no, no thanks. No, you were wrong. Thanks. Yeah, we've got a testy if if we want from a, from a listener from Germany. Oh yeah, oh, let's yeah. do that. Cool. We love our we love our German listeners. Yeah, the Germans. I'm yeah. from Germany, and the first thing I thought after the first episode I heard was, "What the fuck is this?" Some guys is, is it becoming Swedish? It's no, it's becoming know. very <laughs> Irish. I thought I Irish. thought you were Conor McGregor for a second. No, 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 you're doing well. Keep it going. Uh, I'll switch back to my. I, I no, tried the German. keep it going with the German. Some guys talking and joking about disease in a style I wasn't used to, <laughs> and I never heard before. While I'm sneaking all my life around, uh, while I'm sneaking all my life around themes I think are too private to discuss openly. Not to mention, you also say stay mostly positive in the midst of the greatest mishap someone could have. 
I greatly admire all the community and hope you spread in uh, some very bad times. I especially love you, Daddy. Keep your eyes safe from the coffee grinds. <laughs> love, Shuto. Wow. Yeah. No, no. Wow. And then there was actually... What a great way to sign that off. Why is it so hot when Germans call me daddy? I don't know. I I can't like... There is something about Germans and daddies and mommies. And speaking of daddies, we had a correction from Ed about the fan art. Oh. You said it was Epstein. It was actually the the Thai king that was in the front. Ah, Not Epstein. Yes, yes. Right. Right. Cool. Uh, Well, thank you for that wonderful testy. Um, and uh, very cool that you're listening all the way from Germany. So uh, uh, sending you our love, and we hope that uh, your country is holding up during these weird times and that you're uh, slowly getting to a place like Nova Scotia right now where we're starting to open up. So that's exciting. Uh, That's, uh, you know, I think let's uh, fucking wrap it up. This was really fun. That's it. Fucking love seeing you guys every Friday. Um, And... Don't yeah, your, just don't, just don't say that's it. That's uh, that's all. That's that's it. That's all for this week. <laughs> that's not how we usually say it. That's not how hey, we do it, Jerry. Hey, Why don't you hey, do it the way hey, we usually hey, do it? Hey, zippity doo da, zip zappity. We're done this week, so lappity dee. I'm I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Lauren. I'm Daddy. See ya, bitches. Oh God. No, that's our new sign-off. Yeah, that's our new sign-off. <laughs> 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 doodah, Daddy says bye. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.